0: Aaron Monas, and you are listening to New Voices of Mutuality Matters, a podcast hosted by CBE International. This month, we're really excited to feature articles from the spring 2022 issue of Mutuality Magazine, the print and digital magazine of CBE International. Mutuality offers articles from diverse writers who share egalitarian theology and explore its intersections with everyday life. This quarter's theme is um, motherhood and kind of shockingly this is the first mutuality issue dedicated to motherhood in its 29 years of existence so we're really excited to get to chat about that but first we must But first we must we must we must we must yes indeed do watch reader listen and i know everyone is on the edge of their seats edge
1: of their seats
0: to hear what you aaron <laughs> Monez are watching reading or listening to
1: Okay, I do have a good one today, Blake Dean. And that is, I am reading The Soul of Shame by Kurt Thompson. Oh, yeah. Yes, I just picked it up. I'm a few chapters in. I love Kurt Thompson. He's great. I think one of my last watch reader listens was about his podcast that I recently discovered, mm. but his the book um, Soul of Shame, and then eventually I hope to read the Soul of Desire. I've already read Anatomy of the Soul, and I just I'm I'm riding the Kurt Thompson wave. I love his stuff. Yeah. I love how he connects our faith development to the way we understand our bodies and our brains neuroscience. And yeah. um and and you know shame is one of those topics that's really dear to me because of my work about intimacy mm. and those two things having a really um unfortunate but intense relationship with each other so that's where i'm at yeah that is what i'm reading currently what about you what are you watching reading or listening to okay
0: well i wasn't planning on saying this one but i'm actually reading um soul of desire which is his latest book by kurt topson look at us and it's really good and i've actually not read soul of shame um but my wife has and i um we got soul of desire and i read it and it's really good so really if kurt topson wrote it you should read it. Yeah, it's really so. Great. We'll just
1: have to do tradesies after. We I finish. love it.
0: Okay, I have I have two because I'm gonna break the rules, but I I feel really passionately about both of them. Okay, okay. So the first one is a watching and a listening. So it's called Summer of Soul. Have you seen it? It's Questlove's documentary about. Um, oh yes, 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 yes. About Black Woodstock. Yes, it's so good. So the documentary is yeah. great. There's an album on Spotify you can listen to um, that just like they just kind of collected the soundtrack recently
1: Um, right? because the film like it was filmed and then nobody did anything with the material for years and years and years so this is like the first time it's really good that we're seeing it yeah
0: i really i really recommend both the film and the soundtrack i'm also listening to um an album that's title does not sound like what the album sounds like the title is black acid soul by lady blackbird but the album is like Smooth jazz with an edge, very Nina Simone-esque. So
1: interesting. It's very
0: good. I recommend it.
1: Okay. That's fantastic. Come on. Well, I love that segment, don't you believe? Me too, it's my favorite. It is, it is just lovely. Um, but let's circle back because you said that for Mutuality magazine, and listeners might remember a few episodes ago we did a review of the winter issue. So this yeah. is the spring issue of the magazine. And it's dedicated entirely to motherhood. We got a preview of all the articles. They are absolutely fantastic. But this is the first time that the magazine yeah. has tackled motherhood as an overriding topic in the 29 yeah. years that it's been um, publishing. That is that is truly amazing to me. So tell me a little bit about why you think that is, Blake Dean.
0: I actually think we see why this is in the magazine itself um, in in the best way. So there's it hits on so many different facets of motherhood, but one of the kind of overarching themes, at least in my reading of the articles, is this tension between authors saying motherhood is significant and theologically relevant and reflects the image of God, therefore deserves our attention, not just of like mommy blogs, but of serious theological um, reflection and praxis. And then, counter to that also, that motherhood is not the height of women's discipleship. Um, mm-hmm. So, it, it ref, kind of pulsating between these two, how do we hold motherhood as theologically relevant and imaging something significant and sacramental about who God is, while at the same time not limiting um, women's very existence to simply the fact Um, of that they are mothers or have the capacity to be mothers. Um, and I love that. I love the two articles I'm kind of thinking about in that are, there's an article, um, by Brenda Lee Saskai, Um, and it's, I am more than a mother dismantling the madness of the motherhood myth. And then there's another really beautiful, um, Article by Sarah Ago, um, Pregnancy and the Pastorate. And so, kind of holding these two things together, saying, I'm more than a mother, but also being a mother is significant and relevant and deserves our attention.
1: Yeah, this is so good because, as anyone could probably guess, even even if you aren't a student of history, um, motherhood. Has been one of those um, battlegrounds in the culture wars, right? Uh, ever since uh, the rise of feminism. Mother what isn't a battleground in the culture war? I know. What isn't a battleground <laughs> in the culture war? But this has been so long standing, this, that even women, in particular yeah. women, fighting about. Um, About this topic of motherhood and its significance or lack of significance or how it's understood or how we um, discuss mothers or how we uh, see mothers, how we hail mothers, how we think about motherhood in our own bodies um, continues to be an ongoing discussion. And I love this magazine um, coming out this spring issue, Blake Dean, because these articles beautifully address this tension because um you, like we think about like mommy wars right yeah, which no. in and of itself is is like mothers competing with other mothers like there's so there's so much angst and anxiety around this conversation but these articles yeah. address it with with such a beautiful sentiment and i think sentiment.
0: the thing that i love is it's not contrasting in a way that's contradicting i think we can we hold both of them together but yes. complement one another as well as color things maybe more fully than The article before it had. Um, And I love that. I love one of my favorites, actually, is one by Lauren um, Blanco, A Mother's Sermon, which really rides this beautiful line of kind of the praxis of our churches are full of mothers and women, so Mm -hmm. as well as scripture being full of women's stories, many of whom are mothers, so why aren't we hearing about women and mothers from the pulpit? But at the same time, bringing in the sacramentality of motherhood um mm-hmm. not only in the person of Mary the mother of Christ but also in God's self as we see God um, represented and discussed in scripture yeah, so one I- of
1: one of my favorite articles really is um the one that talks about the sacramentality um Julian Bullock writes um, my body broken for you motherhood Jesus and Julian of Norwich and Friends, we did have to look up Norwich (laughs) because we we are so American. Yes, it's amazing. Um, But but this is this was really one a great article um, because this is something that I've seen, and I guess I've noticed a little bit more of the past few years being in professional ministry and being in ministry spaces Mm -hmm. and educational spaces where when we talk about. Anything feminine, anything female that arises from scripture, especially that is deeply embedded in our theology and how we understand the Trinity and how we understand mm-hmm. um, uh, Christ on earth and how we understand certain scriptures, how we understand the Eucharist, um, people get really nervous and it's it it it's a moment where i see some some yeah. especially my brothers really struggling yeah. with like how do i think about like if i am the bride of christ like yeah. female imagery that's really hard for or me to or if i am being behind. called
0: to be born again
1: right right like yeah that whole idea of birth and the womb and so this article in particular really ad- goes into that arena and yeah. addresses it so we've got we've got articles that are looking at the like the practicality and the boots on the ground and the discussions about motherhood and how we understand that as followers of Christ. Yeah. And then you also have this sort of theological um, uh, look into into how we understand this. And again, these are just really readable articles. Like uh, they're, not, they're not like super heady. They're not like hard for someone to understand. Uh, they address it at such an accessible level, and I really love that.
0: But also rich. And then I also love there's this whole other layer where mm-hmm. we're talking about... The praxis, we're talking about the theological relevance, and then we're talking about the intersection of motherhood and racial justice. And what does it mean um, to be um, a mother of color, a black mother? What does it mean um, for the disparities of physical and mental health for mothers, maternal health, which is, um, I think, really theologically relevant and practically important to attend to? I, yeah, I just I love the it really feels like in this magazine, there's such a beautiful um, spectrum tapestry to use Carol yeah. King's language. Um, yeah, a, a tapestry of um perspectives while still maintaining a really beautiful coherence.
1: Yeah. The, um, the, an ethic of sacredness and justice article that's in here really reminded me of a, of a few things. Um, one is Elaine Storkey's um, yeah. Scars Across Humanity. Also the book Half the Sky, um, which is not a Christian book, but dedicates an entire chapter yeah. to the global plight of women as it pertains to motherhood and bodies and, um, mortality, um, in, in the developing world. Uh, but also like we've been addressing this recently here at CBE. So if you're looking for intersectionality, we have a whole podcast thread, uh, that, that our, our dear friend Angela does that go back and listen to those. And recently looking, Oh my gosh. And, uh, and also looking, we have a whole thread about the global perspective that just addressed, something very similar to what this article addresses in, yeah. in a podcast that just dropped um, a few weeks ago. So listeners, you'll want to go back and get context for that. But this is what we love CBE doing. CBE continues to yeah. um, bring content in these various forms for us to discover the importance of these issues. Um, so here in the magazine, it just, it just continues and through these wonderful um, contributing authors. Yeah.
0: And uh, absolutely don't want to leave out um, Krista Brown Button's Liberation in the Name of God, Daydreams of a Black Mother, yes. which um, I think I had to sit and read a couple times just really to attend to her vulnerability, mm. but also um, the complexity of her experience, um, which I think is really powerful. So the magazine is available right now. Yeah, um, absolutely. You all of it, online,
1: mm-hmm. all absolutely. of it is online. And all of it is Well, and... In- Listeners might remember, during our last cover of the winter issue, we interviewed one of the contributing authors, and today is no exception, except today, our contributing author that we are interviewing is our very own Blake Dean. So, Blake Dean, are you ready? Are you ready? Can You, you need to take off your host hat and put on your uh, contributing author hat? It's
0: so awkward, but I think I can. <laughs> I think I can switch.
1: Okay, because you have a piece, you have, now, and this is your first. This is your first contribution to CBE as a writer. Yeah, correct. Like this yeah. is this is your first publication. So we're very excited for you. But um, it, I I love this. I really. This is so like, I, this is dear to my heart that you are in this motherhood um issue because what you do is you contribute a book review, and it's yeah. a book review of uh, a book by Natalie Carnes, Motherhood, A Confession. And I will say, listeners, shameless plug, if you go back to some of the early episodes of the podcast, we actually interview Dr. Carnes about um, her book, and so there's a lot more there. But if you haven't listened to that, um, I want to start by saying, Blake, what is it about this book that's important that led you to want to review it for the issue today?
0: Yeah, I kind of came to this book um, kind of unexpectedly. I had read... um, Another monograph by Dr. Carnes called Image and Presence um, about iconoclasm and iconophilia. And I was really astounded by her um, style of writing, by the way that she can present really complex concepts in really beautiful ways. And so I was graduating uh, undergrad at the time, and my graduation present to myself was to buy Motherhood of Confession. I didn't know very much about it, but I knew that I really. Um, I really liked her and really wanted to kind of stay in touch with the work that she was doing. And I ended up reading this book and it really ended up profoundly shifting some things in me. Um, so the kind of quick overview of the book is she is asking a question that I think a lot of us ask, um, which is what do we do as people who are committed to gender equity in, um, in Christian spaces as well as theological interpretation, what do we do with texts from centuries past that have problematic elements to them? And that's kind of yeah. one of the central questions of her book, which is taking Augustine's Confessions, a book that for her and for many of us is oh, so, so huge. powerful and mm-hmm. still contemporary even in its antiquity, and yet having these elements of, these troubling elements that troubled her about motherhood, uh, kind of in a way that he um, almost delegitimizes the theological place of um, motherhood in his own reflection, which is Yeah. Interesting, because in his story, his mother was very, very, very crucial. Indeed. And so she asked this question, what do we do with these troubling texts? What do we do Mm -hmm. with texts like these? Um, And she offers what I found to be a really interesting and compelling alternative to um, kind of just throwing it out or just dealing with it, which is what she... um, she calls a reparative reading, where Mm -hmm. she says, um, I wanted to seek to repair the text as it repaired me. So entering Mm -hmm. communion and relationship with the text in a way that is vulnerable, um, which is not altogether different than motherhood itself, right? The inherent vulnerability Mm -hmm. of motherhood. So she writes what... um, what will be and what ends up being um, her own confession, but from Mm. um, her experience as a mother. And it is gorgeous and powerful and messy. And um, I can't recommend it highly enough. So I was really excited to get to, I like to espouse how much I love that book any chance I get. And so to get to um, write about it was really, um, really important to me so that hopefully other people will read it.
1: I love it. I love it. Cause truly, especially just circling back to where we started, um, the the tension yeah. in spiritual and secular spaces with the topic of motherhood, some of that has deep roots into these ancient, yeah. um, important informative texts from from theologians that are are foundational to the development of the church and the faith over years and years. But for whom the topic of motherhood or the topic of women has really tainted. Yeah. Um, just it, it we're, we're still working on those results today in the church. Yeah. And, uh, and I think this, this issue addresses that. So, um, I really appreciate that you write that. Um, and now we're going to ask just kind of the, the stupid and obvious question here, Blake Dean, which yeah. is every con- author contributing to this issue, um, is a woman, which you know, go figure um, except for me <laughs> except for you and and I find this very particular I mean, of course you do a book review um yeah. you 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 unlike some of our other authors cannot contribute your own experience yeah. but that leads us to say yeah why where is the important place for men mm. in this discussion of motherhood why why is it so? critical for men to care about Mm. the topic of motherhood and to engage this topic. And I know you've thought deeply on this, so I would love for you to just give a little preview to our listeners about your thoughts on that.
0: Yeah. I think that's a really, um, in some ways, a really simple answer. And in other ways, a really complex one. Um, Mm. the simple answer is, um, twofold. Number one, central to our confession, historic and current, um, is the fact that christ came revealed first to his mother and so Mm -hmm. there and and that seems like very yeah we know that mary gave birth and uh, across traditions we have different um maybe distinct conversations about that but yeah um, but when we really sit and contemplate and read the witness of scripture the the beautiful absurdity of that fact is quite remarkable um Mm -hmm and so i think it's not it's theologically relevant period yeah but secondly um women and mothers make up half the church um and yeah. we all have mothers <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. and kind of and, kind of central yeah.
0: and we're all um spiritually mothered and or hopefully spiritually mothered um but i do think this leads to a really interesting conversation that happens in um between egalitarians and perhaps um, their mm. theological um, counterparts, mm. which is um, this idea of the feminization of the church, which yeah. I find to be really kind of an absurd conversation in the first place. Um, yeah, Because scripture feminizes the church. If we're talking I like br- it. Bride of yeah. Christ, um, mm. the church throughout history is referred to using female pronouns. Um, right. And so I find that to be, a, a, in one sense, a really silly conversation. But in another sense, mm-hmm. I, I really do, um, in my more charitable moments, hear um, the fears that underlie them, even if I don't agree with them. And the fears yeah. that I hear are um, rooted in some gender stereotypes about emotionality, about mm-hmm. weakness, about yeah. um, a um, kind of, Overwrought um, sense of our own um, experiences, and I don't, I don't agree with those, but I do think there's some that we need mm. to address. And yeah. but to address them constructively, which is why I loved Natalie Carnes' book, is because what she does is she shows that yes, the act of motherhood is an inherently vulnerable one. And yet, we're all called to this kind of vulnerability. I mean, Paul yeah, uses yeah. Paul uses maternal imagery top to bottom in his epistles yeah. to talk about the spiritual life and the life of discipleship. Until Christ yeah. is birthed in you, I am groaning like the mm. pangs of childbirth <laughs> until Christ is, <laughs> right? And so... This image of the vulnerability of both the mother and the child, and the dependency on one another, um, mm-hmm. is reflective of our life, both with each other and with God. Self, God is the yeah. mother who, um, through which we are born again, <laughs> through which mm-hmm. we are rebirthed. Um, the yeah. waters of baptism, the history of um, the maternal mm-hmm. image of baptism. Um, even in ways that would kind of be uh, seem crude to us that Mm. that the baptismal fonts were in um, vaginal shape on purpose because this this idea of birth and baptism and rebirth was connected not disconnected from the actual pangs of birth um and so why is this relevant to our brothers is because it's theologically central Mm. to our faith and um There's so many other reasons that it is, but I think that's the most compelling one to me is central to our confession and our Christology is the fact that God self came to us in Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. through a mother. And um, so, yeah, I think I, I, I say this about... Carnes's book, and I and I think it's true unfortunately, which is anytime motherhood gets put on anything, it kind of gets subjected in our minds to kind of the mommy blog it gets
1: genre. relegated to just like a it, women only. Yeah, it's like you know. women
0: only, but also like women only if you want to be a mom and are excited to be a mom. You know what I mean? Right, right. Or right. Even a good, in that niche. Even yeah. in that mm-hmm. niche, it gets kind of even more relegated and kind of like we were talking about a minute ago. Also kind of in the like mo- the mommy war, culture war Thing and the yeah. thing that and that's kind of the reason I want to keep banging the gong about Carnes's book is because it's mm. so much more than that. I'll give an example, and I then I will I promise I'll stop talking. Is
1: <laughs> I know I love how passionate you are about this. God, I, know, I love it. Tell
0: us, tell us. I so I was reading the book, really just anticipating, being like a a good egalitarian reading books for <laughs> women, like really, like kind of unknowingly entering that way, and I and I left each chapter praying and crying um, mm. simply because I found I learned a lot about not only my mother or mothers in general, but about myself and my need. Yeah. And there's this chapter where Carnes uses, very similar to the article actually about a mother sermon, uses her experience as a mother to reveal in a very Augustinian way to as like a tangible sacramental example of of realities between God's mm. self and ourselves. And um, her, da- her daughter is um, kind of throwing a fit in a bathroom and is having a breakdown. I don't remember what she was having a breakdown about. She was having a breakdown about something. And yeah. and Carnes is reflecting on this experience mm. and talks about, um, is praying to in the way that she writes about how um, God as mother... Um, attends to our needs and chastens us, but doesn't dominate our will. So how do I, mm-hmm. my, she, speaking as Karnes, I am so tempted to dominate your will, oh child, mm-hmm. but yet the God whom, I will cry right now, the God who mothers mm-hmm. me doesn't dominate my will, chastens, mm-hmm. yes, but but sits in that vulnerability with me. And I, I, I think about mm-hmm. that a lot in my own relationships. Of how many times mm-hmm. am I trying to dominate the wills of those around me through my um manipulation through fear through um through anger and instead of allowing for the vulnerability of us all um not that there's not discipline in that again god doesn't chasten us but i love that tension and that's not something i would have thought about i don't think um in that way um except between a mother and her daughter and she talks about the act of mothering as um the act of separating your of two wills because mm. she carried this child in her body and provided for it and mm. um i mean she threw this fact out there that i didn't know which is like if a chi- if um a child um in utero doesn't have enough nutrients in the body for some reason the bo- the bones of the mother will start to hollow themselves out to feed the child like mm. in a, in a beautiful beautiful way and then this child starts walking around. There's a quote, she quotes someone at some point in the book saying a mother is someone who has part of her um, part of her will walking around outside of her. And so to learn how to learn the boundaries between me and you, and yet the interconnectedness. And I think that, um, yeah, I learned so much about who God is and who I am through reading this book. Um, so, yeah. Yeah.
1: No that's wonderful and I really appreciate you sharing that with us Blake because neither you nor I are biological parents no. and yet we get this opportunity to yeah. to cover this um this issue that we both love so much this topic that we love so much because there is something powerful and yeah. theological and relational with our Lord that is, is being, being sort of a conduit for us in understanding and engaging this topic of motherhood. So whether you are, if you're a mother, pick up this issue. If you're not a mother, pick up this issue. If, uh, if you are a man, pick up this issue because, um, what, what we hope we've been able to highlight today on the podcast is, um, there's so much more to, to motherhood uh, for the church than just um, some of the, the practical responses yeah. to uh, the cultural narrative.
0: And requires a practice that I think is really important of humility, of mm. saying that my experience or even your experience, Erin, is not um, universal, that we have mm-hmm. things to learn from yes. women who are mothers. and yes. And we have ways that we, I mean, I'm thinking about um, pregnancy and the pastorate, that article in there. I mm. was like, we have ways that we can love our mothering neighbors, <laughs> um, yes. better and more intentionally by creating space for them to be, um, full mothers, full employees, full people. And, mm. um, and I think that, uh, I think this is a journey that we're all on in certain ways, depending on our levels of, um, privilege or advantage right of how do we humble ourselves enough to know that our vision and our perspective is not holistic and doesn't encapsulate every concern my fears are not everyone's fears and other people Absolutely. have fears that I don't have to have or vice versa um and yeah. so
1: no oh, and I-, I would i would add we often take for granted that women in the church since the beginning of the church have had to syncretize and understand themselves with all the male imagery, understanding yeah. God as father, the male particularity of Jesus and, and many of his disciples. and And that we've just been doing this sort of intentionally and implicitly and necessarily for thousands of years as we exist in the church yeah. with all of that maleness that we that we that we absorb to understand yeah. ourselves but also there's this other side there's this there's yeah. this feminine side and and motherhood is is central to that in how we also understand um, ourselves awesome. as the bride of Christ and, yeah. and understand you know Jesus coming through a, a mother and, and so um so we the church has already been doing this mm. for thousands of years and so now we just continue to invite everyone yeah. to to say hey in whatever way that looks foreign to you it is not actually foreign it is a part of you really understanding yourself yeah. deeper. Um yeah. in the economy of God and uh, and so that's yeah. that's why this issue is more than just a hey, look, we're talking about motherhood today. Yeah. it's it's really um, we recommend it to everyone. Amen. Anything else to add, Blake Dean?
0: I got nothing. go look at go read and enjoy these articles, go buy Motherhood a Confession by Natalie Carnes um, and may we all. Um, learn to love and worship the God who mothers us even more acutely and attentively and humbly because of this magazine.
1: Yes, indeed. Well, we want to, again, thank all of our listeners. Be sure to subscribe to Mutuality Magazine and to access a digital copy of this issue. And we just, again, want to say thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you can hear weekly from our other co-hosts and other themes as we develop content on gender theology for the gospel empowerment of men and women. We would like to thank, thank Landon, our support tech, and the team at CBE International that makes this podcast possible. I am Aaron Monis with my co-host, Blake Dean, and we are Mutuality Matters. Thanks for listening.
0: Looking for more information about CBE and our mission for biblical equality? Then please visit cbeinternational.org for more information. And please be sure to tune in each week for new episodes here or wherever else you listen to podcasts.